Hello and welcome to the More Than Wellness podcast. I'm your host Mick Ryan and I'm a wellbeing facilitator and consultant. Now the intention of the More Than Wellness podcast is to be of service to your mental, emotional, spiritual and physical well-being and I seek out guests who can facilitate that process. So today's guest is Paul Grunveld. Paul is a personal trainer and he runs our local Anytime Fitness Gym here in Doreen in North Melbourne. Paul has a fascinating story about how he became a personal trainer. With a background as a military engineer, Paul has always had an interest in health and fitness and he finally quit his very good day job to pursue a full-time career in fitness and he's taken part in a few totally mental ultra marathons along the way. So Paul obviously has a great passion, is inspired by what he does and that's clear throughout this podcast. So kick back, enjoy the show, but make sure you get your runners on because you're going to feel inspired to walk, run or climb a mountain after this episode. So Paul, thank you so much for joining me on the Modern Wellness Podcast and welcome and thanks for coming along. Thanks. Thanks for having me. No problem. So let's start with you telling us who you are and what you do. Uh, so I work as a club manager for Anytime Fitness. And um, what I do is I suppose I sell health and happiness to people that want to come in and um, yeah, continue on with their health and happiness. Okay. Health and happiness. That's the goal, yeah? That is that's, the goal. That's a pretty awesome goal to aim for. Um, so tell me, what got you interested in health and fitness? Um, ultimately for me, uh, early on, I, I joined the army and the air force and through that I had to be extremely fit and healthy and it's all but always been part of my life. Um, I joined the defense force probably later in life after being, um, a person interested in rugby and that type of thing. Rugby uh, union, rugby league. Rugby union. Yeah. Rugby union. The real rugby. Yeah. The real rugby. <laughs> that's right. The only place and the only game played in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so I went from rugby and then straight into the military and, um, you know, at 47, uh, it's, it's been part of me and what I do. Um, when I left the military as a return serviceman, um, it was something that helped me uh, battle some of the demons that you come back with. And, yeah, it's just helped me move forward. And I think if I can uh, pass some of the, the knowledge that I've had uh, from my own uh, resolutions, uh, it's only going to help and benefit other people. What role do you think then that... Um health and fitness plays in in your over because you talk about you know the the, the mental health demons Mm. what role does it play in mental health for you i think for me i wasn't really sure what was happening um i just knew that i wasn't very happy and i wasn't really sure what i was going to do for the rest of my life now that i was out of the military uh which was i was almost forced out of the military well i was forced out of the military because of optic neuritis um and a journey or normally a prelude to multiple sclerosis Okay. So they gave me 50% chance of multiple sclerosis and I'd lost partial sight in my right eye. And so they said I couldn't hold a weapon anymore and I had to leave the military. So that was my career. It was pulled out from underneath me and I had to rethink what I was going to do for the rest of my life. How long ago was that? Uh, so that was um, my last day in the military was February 2008. 2008. Yeah. Okay. So almost 12 years. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So from that, I suppose, it speared me into the only thing that ever gave me positive uh, outcomes or from positive action was uh, my fitness. So I thought, well, uh, I've been thrown a curveball and I can either live with that and use that as an excuse and sit back and say, well, that's the way it is, or I can get up off my butt and uh, do something positive for myself. And like I was saying to you in conversations before, 
I wanted to give myself an upper, an uppercut in a in a positive way. So I started getting into my fitness and I started running. Yeah. Now you told me that you do a hundred k runs. Yeah, yeah. So not just a marathon, like no. more than a marathon, a double marathon. In fact, more than a double marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I started running when I got out of the military. I'd got myself to about ninety-five kilo. I was extremely overweight. I was depressed because I had to leave the military. I was sitting in a council job uh, doing my mapping, which I'd learned in the military. But in the military, you do exercise and your mind. Uh, so I was just sitting in a seat, and I thought I'm going to go for a run today. And I couldn't even run five k without stopping. I gassed out. And so the next day, I thought well, I'm going to run five k without stopping. So I slowed myself down and I tried to go to 5K. Mm -hmm. And as the months went past, I went, well, can I get to 10K? And then it just kept going. And the more I did it, the better I felt. Um, you know, and it was it's not a sort of thing, it's not disco where people were cheering and, you know, you're getting any <laughs> yeah. sort of recognition. It was a real personal recognition that, you know, I've done this and I've done it for myself. And I couldn't blame anybody else for the achievements or non-achievements. If I didn't finish 10K... It was because I hadn't done the work. But if I finished 10K, I did the work and I could give myself a pat on the back. Um, and this just continued. And then after my first marathon, I thought, where do I go from here? And in conversation, people were talking about these 100K mountain trails. Yeah. And without training for one, I thought, I might give that a crack. And so I put a backpack on my back with a whole lot of water and followed the rules. And 67K in, I had a man cry. And it made me feel better and yeah. I was on my own. I sort of looked around and went, there's no one here, so I'm going to keep going. Yeah. And I finished my first 100K ultra trail with about a 2,500-metre climb. Wow. Wow. So not just a thousand, not just 100K, but also that climb at the end of it as yeah. well. That's pretty awesome. Mm. Yeah, that's a serious run. Yeah, you've got to be slightly crazy. You have to be, yeah. I've read Born to Run by Chris McDougall. Have you read that book? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm sure that was pretty inspiring in those <laughs> moments. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's a great book about crazy people who run crazy ultramarathons, yeah. like yourself. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, no, after doing those things, and I've done three ultra or three 100K ultramarathons. I've done a few other shorter ultramarathons, like uh, the Two Bays Trail Run, 56K from Dramana to Cape Shankenback. Um I just thought that uh, maybe the industry's for me. I wanted to learn more about my body and what it was doing and uh, I suppose why it was working. And it's funny yeah. how the body adapts to the more pressure you put on one place, it, it'll, it'll fight back. So I thought, yeah, I might learn about it and I started doing, you know, training towards being a PT. Not because I wanted to be a PT. I had yeah. a good job already. It was just more because I wanted to know what was going on. Right, Okay. And so that's what brought you to becoming a PT. Yeah. Yeah, which is a personal trainer for those who don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so to just just going back to, to the training that's involved in, in running a 100K marathon, mm -hmm. what does that involve? How do you go from, well, basically you went from, from you know, couch, you know, from sitting in front of a, yeah. a computer, not being able to run 5K to mm -hmm. running 100K. How do you get to that point? How do you get from there to there? Yeah, I think um, when you've got something to focus on um, in any sort of fitness realm, it's going to give you something to visualize. It's going to give you something to, to aim for. And, you know, I've had people in the gym that have come in and I said, you know, what are you trying to focus on? Because I really want to make sure that I'm giving them the right mentoring towards their goal. I had one guy yesterday that came in and said, 
My goal is to catch a plane to Hawaii with my girlfriend. It's a 10-hour flight, and I want to get in a normal seat. Okay. Now, you know, I had to go back to my office and sort of contemplate what's... He's just given me the biggest truth serum I'd had in days. Yeah. You know, this that was his focus. He wants to go on a plane in a normal seat and take his girlfriend to Hawaii. You know, if that's not something that's going to inspire people around him, what is? And I suppose, you know, my small story compared to these bigger stories, that's inspiration for everybody. And we try to push that out there. We try to put it on social media and say this is this guy's journey. If he makes that, it's I mean, inspiring. Yeah. Life's, life's about a story, yeah. not just a journey. Yeah, that absolutely. guy's got a story. Yeah. yeah. So it, it really is it, it, the, the role of the mind of, of your awareness and, and that visualization and focus is such a, a huge part of that journey of, of health and fitness. It is. And it's not just the future things. It's the things that you're doing right now. So if you're doing an exercise and you're imagining what that's doing to your body, that's going to help you do it even better. That last squeeze on a chest press, you know, and you're visualizing your muscles getting bigger. Um, I think that's all part of it. It helps you uh, do the exercise correctly in the right pace and the right mindset. And, yeah, visualization, I think, without a doubt, is a key uh, within, within anything that you do. Yeah. And we were talking before about um, Dr. Joe Dispenza and, and it was in one of his books where he talks about a study that was done on people learning to play piano. And there was one group that was uh, learning to play piano on the actual piano mm. with structured lessons and another and they do it for an hour. Another group for an hour just messing around on the piano, just playing with it and just no structured lesson, just fiddling about. Yeah. And another group then who were actually visualizing playing the piano, but not actually playing the piano. And at the end of the study, the group who were visualizing were better than the group who were actually playing the piano but not getting a structured lesson. That's amazing. Which just goes to show that the actual power of that visualization, you know, once once you can create it in your mind, it starts to create those neural pathways and it starts to make it real yeah. for you. I think if you can picture something and you can feel something, you can actually get there just through imagination. Um, you know, you've still got to do that physical action, action that we were talking about, that positive action. It's great to think positive. Absolutely, it's great to be able to verbalize something in a positive manner, change those those words that you would normally use into a more of a positive sentence. But if you're not physically doing something positive, you've missed that yeah. last step. Yeah, and that, that's what you were talking about before as well, about, you know, it's all well and good having that positive thought, yeah. but it has to be followed up with positive action. Yeah. And I think being focused in the now as well, having that goal, that's great. That's a long way down. Like I'm going to do another 100K marathon in September next year. I've already started training for that. So it's going to be small steps, maybe yeah. steps, but I've got to concentrate on the now because if I think too far down the track, I'm going to get anxious, you know, because sure. I might get sick yeah. tomorrow. You know, I'll get a cold and then I'm worried, I'm, you know, my training plan is going to be all screwed up, how I'm going to get there. But if I just focus on day-to-day tasks that I know I need to follow with the mind of that's where I want to be, yeah, you'll get there. And, you know, getting to a starting line for an ultra marathon, that's the easy part. Sure. Like the whole journey, you know, the, the 12 months of training, that's the hard part. Yeah. The actual day when you're standing on the starting line, you should be, if everything's gone well, you should be really confident that yeah, you've done the work. So tell me, where are you at now in terms of what can you run right now with that goal in mind next year? 
If I want to run now, if you want to go run right now, oh look, I'd be lucky to press twenty-one actual running. Okay, I could probably shuffle a marathon, but I'm not even close to a marathon. Just shuffle a marathon, okay. And so, what what kind of training is involved? Like, if you're if you're designing a program for Mm. somebody at your fitness level, wanting to do ultra marathon next year, what would you engage with, and what would you do? Uh, The first thing I'd focus on is their posture. Um, Posture burns calories, so if I can straighten them up, get their shoulders back. Um, you know, and we're talking about mental, you know, get them confident, get them walking different. That's going to keep them away from injury. So if I can posture them in the right position, um, doing those sort of seated row type exercises where it's going to straighten their back up, start working on their core, which is going to be their stability for their hip girdle and for that running action, um, that's the start. And then from mm-hmm. there, we're going to do strength training and we're going to do Ks on your feet. You know, the, the body will fight back, so you've got to keep pressing those feet into the ground over and over again yeah um but you know you still got to do your strength training i think some people and i've heard a lot of people actually recently even on social media saying that runners run to get ready for a run um, i totally disagree um maybe for the elite runners they can do that uh, but for a person where i came from like you said from a couch potato yeah um, i need to focus on my posture first otherwise i got injured straight away and it's, it, I guess it depends how much weight you need to lose as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And so one of the things that I learned is that um, when you want to lose weight, when you want to burn fat, um, whether it be visceral fat or, or um, subcutaneous fat, you, you build muscle because muscle burns calories. And, and the best way to build muscle is to build those big muscles, the leg muscles, the quads, the glutes, yep. you know, all those massive big muscles that you build up, the quicker you build those big muscles up, the quicker you lose that fat and the stronger your legs get and then you're able to run. Absolutely. Um, you know, compound exercise, we call them, so it's more than one muscle group. You try yeah. to find those exercises working as many muscles as possible and you build those and you get that lean muscle mass that's going to burn calories. Yeah. But the only way to do that is not to starve yourself. And this is where people go to yeah, Dr. Google. Yeah, calories are energies of, are, are measures of, of heat. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got to feed your muscle. Your muscle's looking for protein, but also... If you're not putting enough carbohydrate in your body, your body will use the protein and the fat yeah. to make that carbohydrate that you need. So if you're not balanced carbohydrate, fat, and, and uh, protein, you're not going to build muscle. You might lose weight. But yeah. it's very difficult to lose fat and not muscle. In yeah. fact, it's, yeah. it's near impossible. I've never, I mean, we were doing measurements down there all the, all the time. And if you lose fat, you're going to lose a little bit of muscle. Um, so yeah, you've got to feed properly as well. Yeah. And I think if you go and see a professional, that's, uh, when it comes to, you know, if you go and see a dietitian, a person who's done six years of study, they're going to give you, uh, the straight and narrow and not everyone's the same. Sure. So of course. You can yeah. get on Dr. Yeah. Google and t- take carbs out of your diet. I can guarantee you're going to lose weight. Yeah. But you it's not, lo- yeah. you're still starving yourself from a, 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 a nutrient that you need. Yeah. Um, so if you get a good balance of those three things, fat, carbohydrate, and protein, um, in, you know, it doesn't matter what type of diet, vegetarian, you know, um, your Mediterranean diet, it's still, you can get that balance. It doesn't matter what sort of, uh, yeah. but it also, it, it depends then, um, what time of day you're eating and what you're eating, like, you know, carbohydrates at lunchtime, you don't need them necessarily before bed. Yeah. Um, now, that's when you need your protein for, for your growth and repair because yeah. that's what's happening when you're sleeping. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a nutritionist specialist, but I do have a dietitian that's been working with me over the last four or five months. And, uh, you know, she's timing's everything. You know, eating, for me, I've got to eat an hour and a half before a, a large run. 
<coughs> excuse me, I've got to eat during that run, especially if it's a long one. And then I've got to eat immediately after exercise as well. So, you know, she's got me on 11 servings of carbohydrate a day. And I wouldn't suggest that for a person who's not training as much as me. Of course, yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, I know people demonize carbs, but you, you definitely need them. Carbs are fuel, yeah. really, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. they're immediate fuel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is why when you when you have it during the day, you're going to use that fuel up because you still have to go. But when you go into bed at night, you don't need that fuel anymore. No. Then you need your um, protein for growth and repair, especially if you've been lifting weights and, and working out. Exactly. And the like, muscles need to grow and, and yeah. I mean, strengthen. Protein's great for recovery. And she's got me on uh, casein protein, which is she's, it's just Greek yogurt yeah. uh, before bed. So that casein protein is going to help me repair. And then straight away in the morning, I'm hungry again. And there yeah. we go. And the other thing that was always demonized for years is fat, yeah. which, you know, doesn't happen so much anymore because people are trying to realize, oh, hang on, we need fat. Yeah, it's strange how the Heart Foundation changed their mind on yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, but I think everyone knew that there's nothing wrong with fat, um, especially the good fats that you get from avocado and, yeah. and all the other things. Fish so, oils. Yeah, yeah, fish oils are essential. Yeah, omega-3s. Uh, so um, we talked about, yeah, the, what, what you were doing then as, you know, essentially a couch potato going to that 100k run mm-hmm. how much for a normal person who's who's not going to run you know an ultra marathon or who might not even be wanting to run a marathon mm-hmm. um who's just a normal person you know doesn't exercise a lot but wants to get into it what kind of exercise do you recommend they would do on a weekly basis look i mean for me just start walking and it's about time on your feet the body is going to adapt to what you're doing so a good cardio start would be to start walking. Go for a walk for 45 minutes to an hour. Um, you know, and if you can't do that, do it for 30 minutes. But just continue to try to improve and set those goals. So if you could walk for three kilometres and it felt good, say to yourself, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to go for three and a half. Make sure you still have those rest days. Um, but there is there is no reason why walking can't turn to running and running can't turn to a marathon and a marathon can't turn to an ultra marathon. But I think for a normal person that wants to stay fit, I think walking is a fantastic exercise. So that's where they begin. Yeah. I had a guy called, um, he called himself The Des, the third person, yeah. an interesting character. Okay. Um, and he couldn't even shuffle around a football over with me when I first saw him. And he ended up losing 40 kilo. I've got a wow. great photo I'd like to show you. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. And, yeah. um, you know, he worked, he rocked up in his work boots and his work gear. And he was, he was a very interesting character, and he thought that um, a balanced diet or an improved diet was from going to Cocoa Pops to Rice Bubbles. Yeah. So I knew I had a lot of work to do. But um, over a six-month period, he lost 40 kilo, and we didn't do anything special. A lot of it yeah. was just walking into shuffling. I did a lot of posture, like I was talking about yeah. posture exercises to straighten him up a little bit. Uh, but I think it was more his self-belief that changed. It was almost like a switch. He thought, you know, I can do this, and I'm yeah. going to do this properly. And he sustained that level of um, loss as well. So he hasn't gone on a yo-yo diet where he's gone, I'm going on a 12-week plan where I'm going yeah. to starve myself. I mean, red flag straight away, guess what? If you don't eat, you're going to lose weight. But we yeah. all know that. Yeah. But if you want to do something sustained, like you were mentioning, it's got to be about muscle mass. It's got to be about doing things properly. And you've still got to live. You yeah. Know, you, can't, you can't just, uh, well, I don't think you can. I, I couldn't just be on a balanced diet for the rest of my life. You know, I like having a beer. I like having, you know, a party with my friends. And I think um, having that balance um, but self-belief at the same time is going to get you to your goals. 
And I know for the fact that the Dez still loved, likes having a yeah. beer. Yeah, but he has sustained that uh, forty kilo off but, his body. I mean, this is this is a more than wellness podcast. It's, it's about well being, and you know, sometimes that well being involves having a beer with your friends because that's so important for your mental health as well. Yeah. you know, are getting pissed every night. That's not so good for your for your mental health and your well being. But you know, socializing, having a drink, there's nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely. You know? I mean, you don't want to feel like you're out of something just because you're focused on your health and fitness. Yeah, you're still going to be able to mingle and. Um, look, hats off to people that are that focused that they don't have a drink or they don't have a, a nemesis, a chocolate cake or whatever it might be. But uh, for me, it's always been about balance. It's about being enjoying people's company. Yeah. Um, but uh, when it came to my mental health, I just needed to stick to health and fitness. Yeah. And like we can talk about the diet end of things. And one of the things that people um, find when they start losing weight at first is as you're saying, you will lose weight. Oftentimes it's glycogen and water that mm-hmm. people lose. And so they start off and they have this am- amazing weight loss. They lose a couple of kilos in the first week. Oh, wow, it's really happening. And then, then they plateau yeah. and they get so discouraged and they really get so disappointed and they give up Yeah. Um, because that's what happens. You lose that initial glycogen and water from your body. But that, no, that visceral fat, that subcutaneous fat is far, far yeah. slower to move. And oftentimes they are cutting down too many calories. Yeah. And the calories, as we say, are, are units of heat. And heat burns fat. Yeah. So the more calories that you get, the right kind of calories, the more you can burn that fat. But you have to do the exercise too. Yeah. you got to actually, you know, get that moving. And, and you, you were talking before we start recording about... Um, you know, the lymphatic system. Yeah. You know, the heart has, the heart pumps the circulatory system. Great big pump, never stops, keep going, pumping, pumping, pumping. Yeah. The lymphatic system doesn't have a pump. All it has is the muscles and muscle movement. And if the muscles aren't moving, the lymph isn't moving. Exactly. And you get edema and you get swelling around the joints and you get pain, you get stiffness, you get all these things building up. That's right. I mean, I, I, if I stop for two or three days without any exercise, I start getting sore as well. You know, and, I, and exercise has been my life. Um, so I can't even imagine a person that's been in, in a real uh, uh, still state um, and that's their job sitting behind a desk, etc. No wonder they've got aches and pains, etc. because, yeah, that lymphatic system's just not working. The muscles aren't um, working properly either. So all of those neurons that are sitting, sitting on top of their, their muscles trying to uh, activate, uh, laying dormant, um, and that's going to create pain as well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, movement is key. I think uh, if, if you can get up and down from your desk every 20 or so minutes, um, that's going to improve your day as well. Yeah. Uh, standing desk, I can remember being, you know, I've told you, you know, uh, cartography and engineering, we sit still and focus on things for a long time. Yeah. That's what I did before I became a PT manager. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've got a standing desk. And I used to balance on one leg and then on another leg. I was getting ready for my next <laughs> yeah. ultramarathon, yeah. so I was trying to find anything just to keep on my feet. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's interesting about the stand-up, sit-stand desks, yeah, because not everyone knows how to stand properly. No. Yeah, so they end up leaning onto one hip and then leaning on the other hip and sticking the bum out and, you know, yeah. slouching and everything they shouldn't be doing, so they're just creating different problems. Yeah, and it's great for a PC. If we could sit there and watch that and, and fast-forward yeah. that whole day, we'd actually work out whereabouts their weaknesses are and we'd, we'd be able to focus on yeah. the point. Yeah, to strengthen them up. Yeah, that's one of the things I show people with, with um, Qigong, the proper Qigong postures, you know, raise the spirit, sink the shoulders, right. soften the chest, soften the tailbone, so you're relaxing the low back, soften the knees. So you, you're essentially, you're, you're sitting into your stance, you can bounce 
but you're aligned. It's like you're, you're hanging yourself off this perfect frame. Mm-hmm. And the muscle, you're upright, but you're relaxed. Like it's a reciprocation of what I do when I do my training. You know, we'll be doing, let's say, focus on a muscle group, but I get them to slightly bend their knees, you know, drop their tail a little yeah. bit. Because what happens is the, the weight they might be lifting doesn't go into the arch of the back. Yeah. It's now going into their bum and, the their, core, yeah. and their, yeah, into yeah. their legs as well. Yeah. So the weight's going into the position where we want it to be. Yeah. Um, because so many people that don't get the right training will quite often start with the gym and get a sore back. And straight away they go, I can't yeah, do this. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And like you were saying with running, they'll start running and they'll try to go too far too fast uh, with all the weight that they're carrying. And they'll say, oh, it gives me shin splints. Oh, it's bad for my knees. I can't even tell you how many times I tell people, they say, oh, 47 and you're still running. Are your knees and hips okay? Yeah, they're fine. Well, they're fine, yeah. Because yeah. I know how to run. And that's another thing people don't know how to run. You think you just run yeah. and that's it. But no, you got to run correctly. Yeah. Um, chi running has been a, a big thing over the last few years. Is that basically that posture I talked about, that, that chi gong tai chi posture, yeah. engaging that correctly mm-hmm. and then just letting the energy just take you as you run. So you're upright and you're relaxed and your posture is perfectly aligned and there's no pressure on the joints. Exactly. I mean, the foot strike goes right underneath the hip. Every time we're talking about positive energy, every time the foot hits, it's actually driving you forward. As yeah. opposed to if you overstride, you're actually hitting the brakes every time you throw every your leg time, out. Every time, yeah. So that's obviously going to jar your knees, your hips, your back. You know, and that was that was the legacy of Bill Bowman and Nike and jogging. That's what they were doing: big, big cushion soles, and you know, put your foot out and break, yeah. break, break, break every oh. step you're taking. Can you imagine doing that for hundred k? Oh my god, yeah. You wouldn't have knees left after that, yeah. No. So yeah, you need a knee replacement after hundred k. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's technique, it's about what you get excited about. I suppose, you know, fitness is not all about running. And I, I can tell you right now, there's going to be people there gritting their teeth because there's so many people that say weight training, weight training, weight training. And I totally agree with them. Yeah. Weight training is the best way to lose weight. If you want to lose weight, go and, go and get on those free weights, go and get on the, um, you know, get yourself a PT and get that right direction and you're going to lose weight. There is no doubt. But for me, uh, running uh, gave me that time to sort of self-contemplate. It was a it was a uh, meditation every day for me. It was one hour on my own. At one stage, I was running ten k a day at my lunch hour. So you know, I used to cheat by eating at the desk, and then I'd have work. I've got a perfect hour, yeah. and I'd go out for a run. But it was my meditation. It really was a meditation time. So it wasn't always about fitness. It was about that happiness. I was saying that I'm seeing yeah. as well. And once you start getting fit, you start getting happy. And then you start getting all those good endorphins, et cetera, that are going through your brain. And then your life starts becoming positive. So it's, uh, you know, it's great to look in the mirror and say, look, I look great. Yeah. Um, that's going to make you feel positive. It does. But it's it's not very deep, is it? But if you can feel good and yeah. you start expressing uh, happiness around you and you start um, talking to your family and your friends differently and you start talking differently, to me that was running. It wasn't weight training. Weight training is a fundamental that I've got to do. It's the foundation of everything that I do, but the running for me was the mental side. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a neurological aspect to, to all the exercise because, I mean, you talked about the um, the endorphins, you know, those painkillers, natural painkillers that run through your body, but for it, you got dopamine, mm. your reward hormone. You know, you go out and you, you actually make the effort and, and do that exercise and you get that big hit of dopamine saying, you did it, well done, feel yeah. good about yourself. Then you got the serotonin as well, just lifting your mood. So when you are feeling down, you are feeling depressed, or you're feeling anxious. You know, you've you've got these things being released and just lifting yeah. that mood and, and making you feel better. I, I I could have had the worst day of my you know worst day ever, but 
for one hour, I achieved something. So yeah. the rest of the day was horrible, you know, because I was sitting at a desk and talking to angry people all day. But I had one hour where I achieved something. I ran 10K today. Yeah. Did anyone else do that? No. And I'd go home pretty happy. One one little piece of achievement. Um, but it doesn't have to be running 10K for, for the average person. No. That's... Um, so if, if you're taking somebody who's coming in off the street looking to do um, weights because they want to lose weight because that's the best way of doing it, yeah. are there, let's say, five specific exercises that you think are the most comprehensive, offer the most benefit? Um, you know, maybe people don't want to overdo it time-wise or maybe mm-hmm. they don't want to overdo it exercise-wise. You know, they want, you want to ease people into yeah. to exercise, you know, so they don't, you know, wake up. You know, four days later, still in pain with the doms and exactly. saying, I'm not doing that again. Look, you know, with exercise, it is going to hurt for a couple of weeks. There's no yeah. doubt. Um, and I tell everyone that walks in the gym and I say, you know, if you follow this, things are going to go well for you. But you are going to hurt for a couple of weeks. You're going to have to grit your teeth. And that does slowly subside. Yeah. In fact, you almost sometimes miss it. You kind of wish that you'd, you'd feel that the next morning because <laughs> yeah. you feel like you haven't worked hard enough. But um, for me, it's all about protecting uh, yourself from injury. So... For me, any core exercise, so your prone position type exercises, push-ups, um, I'd start with. Um, I love the self-weighted exercises like chin-ups and yeah. dips. Um, but for me, you know, seated row, bench press, that's uh, that's probably my top five right there. Okay. Um, the seated row, activating a person's back, especially in today's age where we're looking over computers and we're not activating yeah. our... You know, so rhomboids, etc. Yeah. Uh, rotator cuff, just drawing those back, countering Sorry. that because yeah. I'm quite overrunned from my job. I'm massaging all day long, so these muscles, pecs are being worked, the biceps are being worked, everything here, so my shoulders are coming forward. That's right. So I've got to be really conscious of, of countering that. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I focus. I mean, actually, one of the first exercises I do would be a seated row because being pronated now, you know, we go from a desk into our car to our couch to eating dinner, yeah. to back sitting on the couch. So we're always in this pronated position. Yeah. So your body's getting used to that. So being able to counteract that and get that balance uh, gets people's back stronger, gets their core stronger. Um, yeah, posture is absolutely key focus. For yeah, it's, it's a great starting point, all right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because you're still, with those exercises, you're still using your arms. You know, you're still using yeah. those um, focal points that a lot of people do go to. Um, and then you can start going into lunges, squats, and I wouldn't want to put someone into lunges straight away, especially without with weight, because their core probably isn't strong enough. So the hip girdle is going to start playing around. They're going to get yeah. a sore lower back. So it's not my go-to straight away. And I quite often test someone's balance before I even go into into those lunges. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I was just thinking because men's health are always coming up with these kind of lists, and they always have you know deadlifting and and bench pressing, and say these are the core exercises that you need to do. Yeah, they're not the ones you're coming up with there, though. No, because you know, I think they're focusing on people that are fairly active already. Yeah, people and who I, are super fit, probably. Yeah. yeah, and that's probably their target market. So yeah. you know, because I've never seen a sedentary person go in and get a men's magazine about health and fitness. <laughs> you know, sure. what I mean? it's normally about fishing or forward driving or something. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you've got to start at the start. So for yeah. me, yeah, just make sure that people aren't going to get injured if they're going to start doing uh, deadlifts uh, without the core strength. They're going to hurt themselves. Yeah. And, you know, that, I'll be honest, you know, that men's health magazine on the shelf, it can be pretty intimidating when you see it there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, those guys uh, have a specific diet before those shoots. They're yeah. about 7% body weight. Um, They're pretty and, shredded. And you can't really get under that without getting sick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the healthy range is sort of uh, under 20. 
So when you think about yeah. that, someone can walk in at 17% body fat and they're healthy, but they're not going to be looking shredded like that. Sure. But their yeah. posture is going to be good. Uh, they're going to be able to do some most functional exercises that you can lay your hands on. So. Okay. Um, now, going back to the diet, and, and this is something that, that I've heard recently, is that your physique is made in the kitchen, not in the gym. Now, we've obviously made such a, a big point of how important exercise is because mm. whether it's it's the 80% or the 20%, it's still essential because it gets the lymph moving, because it gets the heart pumping it increases that heart rate and, and increases the efficiency, increases the efficiency in the lungs mm-hmm. um, as well as building muscle strength. So it, it can't be overlooked. But do you think that, you know, diet plays a probably slightly more loaded role in overall, overall well-being? Absolutely. It's all about diet, but you can't just focus on diet. No, you of know, course, if you, yeah. If it is 80-20, I don't know what the percentages are. You, you're trying to go for 100%. can't be quantified, I don't think. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, if you just want 80%, you're happy with that. Um, go for the eighty percent, but if you want one hundred percent health and happiness, you're going to have to do all of the things that that follow on with that, and that's mental health, that's physical health, and that's going to be in the kitchen as well. Yeah. Um, for me, absolutely, kitchen. I mean, if you're eating right, you can actually start uh, developing a positive attitude just from food. Yeah, food I, yeah, I agree with that totally. Yeah, but it's not enough. It's, it's not, not everything on right. its own. It's not enough. It, it's essential. It's really important. Yep. You can't out exercise a bad diet. No. Um, so if you're eating McDonald's and, and you know Hungry Jacks and everything else, and yeah. pizza, you know day in day out, no matter how well you're exercising, chances are there's going to be some problems going on yeah. inside. And I mean, cooking if you if you're doing it in the kitchen and your focus is cooking, you're fundamentally meditating because you're on your own trying yeah. to work out how you're going to create this food. You're on your feet. You've got to go and get that food. Generally, all the good foods on the outside of the supermarket, not down the aisle. Exactly. So you're yeah. going for a long walk. In fact, as well. some people say there's no food in the aisles. No, there isn't. I, yeah. I totally agree. If people yeah. ask me, oh, what's the because I can't give nutritional advice as a PT, I can give them yeah. a kind of direction. I, I tell them just don't go down the aisles. Get all yeah. your food from the outside and walk out. Yeah, and uh, you'll be fine. I've even heard to say just to stay away from anything but more than one ingredient. Yeah, if it's in a packet, it's probably not good for you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so on that then, in terms of your own health and fitness, um, where would you rank cardio, uh, weights, uh, machines, etc., in order of importance? You know, what would you place as, is it just a perfect tapestry that weaves together or is there some that you rank higher? Um, I think it, it really does depend on the person, you know, there's so many different characters out there that have had so many different types of, you know, lives and they've got different, I always ask, you know, where do you want to go? Like the gentleman who wanted to be on a plane. Yeah. Now he's a really heavy guy. Um, if I put him onto weights and I did, I, I trialed him on a few little things and he puffed out pretty quick. Okay. So I've got him on a treadmill at the moment walking. Yeah. So for him, cardio is probably a good focus. Why? Because he's already carrying a lot of weight. Okay, so he's so doing a lot of effort. Training. Yeah, that's a good point. If yeah. I get a light person and I put kettlebells in each hand and make him walk, yeah, yeah, he's he's doing strength training and cardio. Yeah. So this guy, I think, is probably a good start for him to be on the treadmill, and then we'll start working on his posture, um, yeah. and do the things that he can do until he loses a little bit of weight. So it's really hard for me to say what's the best um, for a young person. I'd probably get them on the weights. For a really old person, I'd probably get them on the weights. Um, I know that sounds weird, and in the yeah, middle, no, it, yeah. it can be a million things. It really does the person, not in the character. 
But for older people, they tend to, when they have their falls, etc., it's normally... Bone density. Yeah. Yeah. So and of course, weightlifting is so essential for yeah. that. Yeah. Get, those, get those joints moving again, get those fluids in, in those joints, um, get some strength, especially at the uh, upper thigh for young people, uh, for older people, because they fall forward. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, strength training is great for older people. Yeah, and they're often top-heavy as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, know, you see them walking in with their walkers, um, I've, I've got a story where this guy's walking with a walker and a few months later he wasn't using his walker anymore. And I don't know whether it was confidence that he had in himself now yeah, or whether we actually did build some muscle where he felt stronger and he didn't need it anymore, but the guy wasn't working, using his walker anymore and he was in his 70s. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a great story. <laughs> Do you feel inspired by that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. every person walks in the, in the gym. I think that's what I'm loving about this, going from the corporate world to running a gym. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you can't be happy in that job, you know, there's something desperately wrong yeah. because every single person is, they've walked through the door. That's the hardest thing for some people. They've been thinking about it at home for weeks and weeks and they're embarrassed about where they've gone and where they've got to. And they've got to get through that door and sit in front of me and say, I want to join the gym because I want to be fit. And it almost just comes out at 100 mile an hour yeah. because they've been thinking about it so much. And that's the biggest step. Once they've done that, it's easy after that because they'll feel it. They'll feel the energy in there. They'll know that they're doing something positive every day or every second day, depending on who the person is and what their goals are. But yeah, if you can't feel happy in that place, yeah. something going wrong. Yeah, that's awesome. And just going back to that guy then you're talking about, you know, getting on the treadmill and getting him walking because that's he's doing weight training. And it's something that you often overlook is that if somebody is carrying a lot of that excess weight, yeah. you know, they are, the heart is having to work so much harder to pump blood around that body. Yeah. The lungs are having to work so much harder to, to, to breathe in. The diaphragm's having to work so much harder. Yeah. The muscles are having to work so much harder to carry all the extra weight as well that walking is often just enough to start with. You yeah. don't have to, you know, go out and, and lift really big weights or, you know, you don't have to compete with the, the person next to you in the gym yeah. because you know they're they're off they're not having that same experience it is exactly. it is hard work when you're carrying that much extra weight i can almost guarantee that his glutes his legs his calves are worked like they're super strong yeah. just from getting yeah. up and getting down getting in and out of his car he's doing a lot of strength exercises um, but we've just got to get that weight off first yeah. and then we'll start working on his posture and, and all of those other things yeah it's an interesting point it's often something that's overlooked yeah um so tell me running the gym how do you find time for your own health and fitness uh you know you make time uh i've, I've heard a lot of people making excuses telling me how busy and busy they are you know they've got no time in the day and i've said to people you know that moment from your bed to the sink to brush your teeth why don't you do 10 push-ups Sure. What if you do this and what if you do that? Can you tell me, do you have lunch? What do you eat for lunch? Is it pre-made? And then I'll start finding time for them. And I'll say, well, you know, what's stopping you from doing this? Yeah. Um, I think you've got to find time. And for me personally, um, I drop the kids off in the morning. I work until 7 o'clock at night, but I don't start till 10. So I'll drop the kids off, do all their lunches, wake up early. It's a long day, but yeah. I, f I find time. And then I'll get back to work, do an hour run have a shower, start work at 10 o'clock, lunchtime comes around, I do my strength training, um, then I have another shower, get changed, finish work at 7, go home and enjoy the family. Okay. 
So that's you, you just work that into your, your your daily day, your your work day basically. Just yeah. find that time in there to to do your lunchtime workout. Yeah. And I could make a million excuses why, of course, yeah, because um, you know we've all got families. Um, you know, two children under the age of ten. It keeps you busy. Yeah, but I've just got to. I'm, I've got to find the time because I know that my mood is not going to improve by not training, and it's not going to improve improve my family life um, because I've been there. You know, I was. 95 kilo and i'm not a big person other people can't see right now i'm not sure yeah 95 kilo i was heavy um and i wasn't happy and that was affecting my family life the whole lot but as i started getting fit again then all the happiness pills were starting to come back yeah okay yeah it's it's a good point it's just it's it's making that a priority yeah it's essential i think you know being a little bit selfish uh is is not selfish in the in the outcomes that, uh, from when it comes to exercise. Yeah, no, I mean, well, think of your family. You know, they want you around for as long as possible. Yeah. You know, so be fit, be be healthy, and be there for them. I, I often work out what a person's drive is. They'll say, "I want to spend more time with my family." Well, I can give you more energy, so you can spend more time with family. Yeah. Other people, their focus is, "I'm earning two hundred and fifty thousand a year," and I'll say, "Well, if I can make you live five years longer, I've just made you a million bucks." That might be their drive. Sure. Um, yeah. you know, and the other one is, you know, uh, they're feeling depressed, etc. Well, we can work on that as well. We'll make your body happy. And, I mean, from my experience, I don't know what the uh, Google Scholar says, but from my experience, if I can get their body healthy, they generally are mentally uh, a lot better off. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And as we talked about, you know, just particularly, you know, you got your endorphins, you got your dopamine, you got your serotonin, which are those hormones which are most closely associated with that kind of exercise. Yeah. And they, they lift your mood. They make you feel better, you know. And they make people around you feel better as well. Yeah. And that makes they you do. feel better. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, the way people treat you is, is <clears throat> a direct reflection on how you're going to feel during the day. Uh, so if you're pushing out happiness, happiness is only going to come yeah. back. Uh, you know, I'm a true believer of that. Now tell me, do you think um, sometimes there can be a, a difference between health and fitness? Can somebody be too fit um, to the extent that they're not healthy anymore? Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. Um, I've seen people almost break themselves. And I think, you know, when you have that imbalance we are talking about before, you know, you still want to go with your friends and have a beer here and there. Um, but if it becomes too much of a focus, I think with anything, um, you're missing out on all those other things. Yeah. You know, if you're focusing just on food, you're not getting the whole picture. If you're just focusing on fitness, you're not getting the whole picture. I think we, we need all of those things. We need a blend. It's like if you have, you know, you want to be so ripped that you're just going to eat chicken and broccoli for the rest of your life, you know, there's no flavour in that. There sure. is. So if you're going to have a full meal, you want flavour, you want, you mm-hmm. know, something that looks good on the plate, something that's a little bit different every once in a while, and fitness is the same. Shock the body. If you're going to do the same thing over and over and over again, you probably will get injured. Yeah. But like the old tennis elbow. Yeah. You just keep hitting that ball, your elbow's going to hate it. Um, so you've got to shock the body, do something different. Yeah. Go for a walk, go for a run. Go do some weight training, go do some chin-ups. I don't know. You know, just mix it up. Um, but if you're only focusing, yeah, I think there's some people out there that are probably taken a little bit too far. And there's some younger ones, actually. It's become a little bit disco at the moment Yeah. Uh, where they think that they have to look like the men's magazine. That's that bad that they're uh, delving into some dangerous ground Yeah. and not thinking about that uh, long jeopardy. Yeah, I, I have uh, two childhood friends that I grew up with um, who were both big into lifting weights and they both died very, very young. 
um, what the cause was. I don't exactly know in both situations, but it was pretty sad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, carrying did. carrying a lot of muscle um, is the same as carrying a lot of fat. Yeah, um, it does put strains on the body. Um, the only thing that I know that gets your heart stronger is cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so again, it's that balance. But if you're focusing on just the look, yeah, uh, go for it. But I don't think uh, that's health and fitness. I think that's um, more narcissistic. Yeah, sure. And it, from my perspective as a, a well-being practitioner and as an acupuncturist, when when you work very, very hard, when you work too hard, um, it's what we call overstriving Chinese medicine. It, it starts to tax the kidneys. Right. And we know from a Western perspective that the kidneys govern, um, you know, your stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol. So you end up with that adrenal fatigue. It's the same thing. The Chinese were tracking this thousands of years ago, mm. but they didn't have the same words for it. And now when we look back and we say, oh, that's what they meant. Yeah. So so overworking, overstriving, working too hard, feeling very stressed is going to cause that adrenaline and cortisol to release and you get that adrenal fatigue. Yeah. But as we're talking about, sometimes people, when, when they try to counter that, they try to de-stress what they go and, and, and they go hell for leather at the gym yeah and what they're doing oftentimes is actually stressing the body even more stressing those kidneys even more rather than you know finding some a type of exercise that's a bit more gentle and more sedative and more cool and soothing for them Mm -hmm. you know maybe yoga um that that might be more beneficial you know they they just they they go crazy and 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 they do two hours in the gym thinking hey i'm I'm de-stressing but now actually what you're doing is you're increasing the stress factors on your body yeah no, I'm a, I love yoga, I love Pilates, all of those things I think is a real advantage. And I think if you look at some of the great sportsmen out there, they do mix it up like that. They'll do their strength training, they'll do their yoga, yeah. they'll do their meditation, they'll do their Pilates, uh, they'll do their out in the field running and kicking, etc. But it's not just one thing. No, you know, of course, and it's yeah. got, You've got to have that blend and it's like a good meal. You know, You've just got to have that blend. If you stick to the same thing, you just, yeah, I think you're hitting your head up against a brick wall and you're not enjoying it. Yeah. I think exercise is about finding, you know, exercise is a gamut of different things. So find something that you enjoy. It's the same as work-life balance that everyone talks about, the old buzzword, work-life balance. If you're not doing a job that you love, it's going to be arduous. But if you find something that you love doing and just say to yourself, well, the money will come, I'm just going to do this because I love it. It's not a job anymore. And it's the same with exercise. If you find something in exercise that you enjoy, whether it be football, tennis, golf, whatever it is, just getting that body moving, yet it doesn't have to be pushing heavy weight. It doesn't have to be doing ultra marathons. I mean, I don't even know why I'd do that. But, you know, (laughs) but you've just got to find something that is solely you and something that you totally enjoy. And I think the rest is just a snowball effect. You know, everything else just seems to fall into place. It's not an arduous activity anymore. Yeah. You're not going, oh, I don't feel like going to the gym today because I've got to do legs. Um, and yeah, and yeah. I think some people often have that relationship with exercises. They feel like they need to punish themselves. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely not. Look, the first couple of weeks is going to hurt if yeah. you've been completely yeah. sedentary. So it's a bit like any sort of training, um, whether it's, you know, you're going to school, those first couple of weeks, yeah. it's hard to get back into the groove of things. But you feel like you've earned it. Yeah, and then you get to the other side of that and you sort of go, well, what was I worried about? I'm actually really enjoying this now. Yeah. So I, I tell people, look, give it a couple of weeks. Don't push yourself too hard. Ease yourself into it and you'll probably find that you'll enjoy something. And, and how often would you recommend then those situations for people just coming in? Uh, 
look, three to five days a week is where you're going to find benefit. You know, okay. two to three days a week, you'll probably be able to sustain the level of fitness that you've got. Obviously, you're still improving your lymphatics and, yeah. you know, you probably internally you're helping yourself. But if you want to improve your health and fitness, three to five days. Okay, yeah. How, how long per day would you recommend roughly? If you're doing weight training, I would recommend no more than 45 minutes. If you're okay. in there an hour, you've probably gone too long. Yeah, um, because okay. Your body's going to get hungry, you know, you're using your muscles yeah. um, and you're probably going to start burning into your muscle that you're actually trying to build. Yeah. So you don't really want to go for much longer than an hour. Um, with cardio, um, the benefit is while you're doing it. Um, but again, you've got to ease yourself in. You can't just go from your couch to 5K. You've got to do a couple of K maybe the next day, see how you feel. And if you think you can do more, then maybe that third day you'd come in and you'd go, right, I'm going to try 3K. Yeah. But you've just got to, it's like a scientific experiment. You just sort of try this, then try that. Oh, that didn't work. I'm going to try that. And, um, yeah, before you know it, you're hooked. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad thing to be hooked on. No, absolutely not. It's a great thing to be hooked on. Mm. Uh, so tell me, any exciting developments upcoming for Anytime Fitness and Doreen? Anytime Fitness and Doreen. So I've really walked in there and I want to be part of the community. I've been part of this community now for about um, 12 years. I bought in here early after I left the military. And I wanted to start a walking group, exactly what I was saying okay. here. Yeah. I, and it's you don't have to be an Anytime Fitness member. I'm just going to start that. That's going to be uh, 10.30 on a Tuesday. So anyone can just rock up. We're going to meet at the gym. And then from there, we're going to walk around for 45 minutes to an hour and um, get to know the community, be part of it, and have those conversations and work out what's happening out there. And hopefully we can meet up with some you know, business people and, and work out what we can do to help them uh, get their name out there. We've got a, a thousand or more members, uh, so we're quite happy to use that platform for other people. Um, outside of that, we've also got um, our, uh, what is it called, Little Athletics. So okay. we're a sponsor yeah. for um, Epping uh, Athletics. So we got on their shirt and we're rocking up every Saturday morning and watching the young ones run around. Giving them some encouragement. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got that. And then when we're looking at sponsorship for the power, the football club. Oh, yeah. So a guy called uh, Justin Sherman, who used to be a bit of an AFL legend. Okay. Um, he's now the coach there. So we've been in discussion about what Anytime Fitness can do for their football team. And uh, the one I'm most proud of, obviously, is I'm helping the RSL. Uh, we're giving away for auction this Saturday um, a 12-month membership plus a whole lot of other things as well. It's valued over $1,000. Uh, so they'll be auctioning that off on Saturday at their trivia night. And um, we're going to give them some discounted uh, memberships as well if you're an RSL member. So if you are an RSL member, come and see me and I'll come and help you. And also the Doreen Seniors Club, I think they call themselves, or association. And we're also giving them a great deal um, to help them come in. So on a Tuesday and Thursday for $8 a week, they can come in and work out anytime they want uh, between 10 and 7. That's an awesome initiative. Yeah. Cool. So There's some great it. stuff you do in the community. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Really liking that. So it's all, yeah, new. And uh, we've also got some cafes that now saying that they want to do this and they want to do that, but we're all for it. Yeah. Uh, if we can uh, use our platform to help other people in the community, you know, we're going to become more of that community. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. And how do people get in touch with you? Oh, well, they can uh, get in touch by getting on our website, uh, which okay. is Anytime Fitness Doreen. Yeah. Um, or they can email me at doreen at anytimefitness.com.au. Okay. Um, and all the phone numbers, uh, both mobile and, and landlines, are there for them to, to find us. But 
I mean, we actually prefer for people to come in the door. Just just come in the door. Yeah, because yeah. I, I know how tough it is. It's easy to make a phone call. But just so you can charm the pants off them and get them to sign up oh, there and then. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose. <laughs> but, you know, I think once they get in there, they realise how good that club is. I think, I think so. No, but I think they'll really respond to you because, you know, you have a great vibe when people go in there. You, it really feels like it's your club and, yeah. you know, you feel part of something when you go in. Yeah, I mean, it's our club. It's uh, Doran Anytime Fitness. You yeah. know, it is a massive franchise, you know, around the world, but... Um, we've only got a few clubs in Doreen and there's only a few members as well. You know, there's only a few people in Doreen. I don't know what the population is now. I think it's about 20-odd thousand. That's growing pretty quickly. Yeah, it's growing. Yeah. I think last time I looked, it was growing about 153% per year. Wow. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's still a bubble. There's not really yeah. much around us. Uh, it's still very much almost rural. And, um, yeah, I think uh, we're not trying to trap people into something they don't want. Um, we, we have uh, questions to make sure that this is something they really do want. Yeah. And then we want to be part of that and we want to help them achieve those goals. So if I can give the seniors an $8 a week deal so that they actually come in twice a week, I think we're, we're helping them. And yeah. We're giving them um, an environment they probably thought that was past them. I find with older people, they yeah. think, you know, going to the gym, you know, I'm not young anymore. But they are actually probably the ones that we could that could benefit from uh, that sort of exercise. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's awesome. Look, I wish you every success. Um, as we say in Ireland, more luck to you. <laughs> um, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us today here on More Than Wellness. Thanks for the invite. Really appreciate it. Nice one. So that was Paul Grunveld from Anytime Fitness in Doreen. I think you'll agree that Paul's passion and love for what he does is quite evident throughout the podcast. And for me, some of the key points that Paul brought up include positive action. It's one thing to think positively, but you got to follow it up with action. As Morpheus says to Neo in The Matrix, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. And we all know we need to exercise, all of us without exception, but so many of us don't. As Paul says, just start with a 3K walk. And he's echoing what Dr. Shami said a couple of weeks ago on this podcast. Start easy, have a rest day, and then gradually build up until you're running, or maybe hill walking, or climbing a mountain, or swimming, or whatever it is that floats your boat. Now, bear in mind that if you go to the gym, you're going to feel sore initially, and you've got to persevere through the initial discomfort as your strength, endurance, and resilience grows. Another thing that stood out to me is that well-being isn't just about diet and exercise you know it's being social with your friends your family and community is essential to your well-being and even if that means having a beer or a glass of wine in moderation that's okay it's social engagement is so important for your mental and emotional well-being it just has such a huge role to play now to get in touch with paul you can find him at www.anytimefitness.com.au forward slash gyms forward slash au dash 1461 forward slash doreen dash vic dash 3754 and you know what you're probably just as well just googling anytime fitness doreen and it'll probably bring you to that place uh, on facebook the facebook page is www.facebook.com forward slash af doreen now, as for me, I am in clinic in Doreen on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and I'm in Avondale Heights on Tuesdays and Thursdays, providing acupuncture and neuromuscular massage for pain relief, uh, meditation, stress management, and energetic healing. 
I'm also available for meditation, breathing and stress management workshops in Melbourne. Did I say stress? Just like Sean Connery. Uh, so I'm available in Melbourne and the surrounding areas. And you can find me at solacewellbeing.com.au and facebook.com forward slash solacewellbeing. The podcast Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash more than wellness podcast. Please like, share and follow us on iTunes, Spotify and whatever else you use to access your podcast. The podcast is hosted on Podbean so you can use the app as well if you want to access it. And please don't be afraid to leave comments or reviews of the show. I would be very grateful if you did, particularly your comments. Now, next week I have another awesome episode. I'll be speaking with Richmond Heath, who, among other things, is the primary trauma release exercise coordinator in Australia. And Richmond coordinates all of the training of the um, the global practitioner training program in Australia and certifying practitioners and trainers in TRE. Now, I ostensibly intended to talk to Richmond about TRE, trauma release exercises, but our discussion ended up being about so much more than just TRE. Now, I say discussion. I didn't actually need to speak for the entire podcast. I just sat back and listened to Richmond. And not once did it feel like he was rambling. The entire episode is pure gold without any input from me. So make an effort to tune in and listen to that one because it really is inspiring. As always, thank you so much for listening and stay well. Mm -hmm.